G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we look forward to an Anzac Day weekend, there's something very special that's taken place this week in the nation of Israel. The cornerstone for the Anzac Museum in Beersheba has been set at a ceremony attended by the Australian Ambassador to Israel. The Anzac Museum will commemorate the history of Anzac through the personal stories of the combatants and the conquest of Beersheba by the Mounted Division of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps and the British Armed Forces was one of the major victories in the conquest of the land of Israel from the Ottoman Army. Let's get some insights into what this museum will mean and, of course, the laying of that cornerstone this week. Dan Springer is the CEO of the Jewish National Fund. He's joining us. Hello, Dan. Welcome along to 2020. Thanks, uh, thanks, Neil. Dan, just how significant is it that there is going to be an Anzac Museum in Israel? Well, it's very significant on many levels. Um, uh, firstly, I should say that, uh, that the site of the Anzac Museum will be at the, uh, at the war cemetery, the British war cemetery, where not just British soldiers but uh, uh, Anzac soldiers have been, have been laid to rest in Beersheba and it's the first time the Commonwealth War Graves Commission uh, uh, owns the cemetery, runs the cemetery, and they have thousands uh, around the world. And this is the first time that they've given permission for uh, anything to be built uh, on one of their sites. Uh, so it just is testament to the importance that not just uh, Australia puts on this, but the, uh, the commission itself uh, on, on, uh, on preserving the memory of, of these soldiers. Very important, preserving the memory and reflecting on the words of Beersheba's mayor, who was at the cornerstone ceremony, uh, who said, buried in this cemetery are heroes who saved the entire world. Uh, Do you think uh, there is a lot of weight uh, that is there with those soldiers buried in that cemetery that sometimes don't get the attention that uh, they ought to? Oh, well, that's absolutely right. I mean, uh, for anybody who uh, has grown up in Australia, as I have, we, we learn about the, the history related to Gallipoli. Uh, very little is mentioned of uh, what happened uh, in 1917 when the uh, Australian Light Horse uh, made their famous charge on Besheva and uh, literally changed the course of, uh, of World War One. Uh, that was really the beginning of the the long retreat of the Ottomans from uh, from the region, and uh, it was quite unexpected the uh, the battle, uh, let alone the victory. Uh, the um, uh, the British forces, uh, together with the Anzacs, had tried to uh, to unseat the uh, the Ottomans uh, from Gaza, which was their which was their main headquarters. They were unsuccessful there because heavily fortified, so they made a very long flanking movement of about 100 kilometres sort of south and then towards the east and uh, surprised the Ottomans uh, in Beersheba. And uh, one of the 
the sources of the surprise was uh, when they uh, when they made their charge. Normally, they would, uh, as they got closer uh, to the defensive line, would then dismount and then uh, continue the battle uh, on foot. But because they had to get to those wells in Besheva, um, they they couldn't delay uh, with a protracted battle. So the horses actually had to charge uh, over the the defensive line and get into the city very quickly to. Uh, to take charge of those wells before they were uh, destroyed, because if they had been destroyed, it would have been uh, been disastrous for for the soldiers, for the horses, and and ultimately for the uh, for the course of the of the battle. So that that was that was critical as well. I mean, there's many aspects to this story that uh, are not only unknown, but had a major impact uh, on, as I said, on the on the course of of the war and on the course of the uh, of the Middle East. And Dan, historically speaking, it was the last charge of a mounted brigade in the history of modern warfare. Uh, that's significant too. That's very significant, and I would uh, draw people's attention to, to a great uh, documentary that was produced last year called The Whalers, which was, was of course, the name of the, of the horses that were brought out from mainly from the outback of Australia. And uh, during that documentary, they do emphasise the fact that it was not only the last charge, but it was many regarded as the greatest charge uh, of, 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 of sort of mounted uh, soldiers in in history. Um, and um, as I said, the impact on the course of the war and on the course of the of the region was uh, was tremendous. Reflect for us, if you're able to, Dan, Australia standing by Israel. There is a camaraderie there because Australia standing alongside uh, Israel in its struggle to to have the right to exist as a state for the Jewish people. Well, absolutely. And and again, uh, it begins uh, with uh, with Beersheba, but it doesn't end with Beersheba. Coincidentally, the, uh, the same day, in fact, Around the same hour that the battle took place, the, the British War Cabinet in London had made uh, their famous declaration, which became known two days later as, as the Balfour Declaration, which called for the establishment of a Jewish homeland in, in Palestine. And if it wasn't for the uh, for the actions of those soldiers, uh, and then following on from that, a series of uh, of victories after Beersheba. Uh, there would, would not have been possible to establish a Jewish state because uh, it's, it, it's, it's unclear, let's say, if, if the Ottomans had retained control of the region, whether or not um, the, uh, the Jewish state or the, the Shuv, as it was known prior to state, would have begin, been given a chance to develop as it did. Uh, and, of course, the Anzacs uh, came back to the region in World War II and uh, successfully uh, defended, helped defend the region uh, against the uh, against the Germans, against Rommel's forces, and again, of course, we know what would have happened if, if Rommel's forces had succeeded in in taking the uh, uh, the area that uh, then later was formed as a state after the war. So, uh, and and again, uh, Australia was the first country of the 33 countries that uh, voted for uh, the partition of Palestine uh, that enabled uh, after the war that enabled the establishment of of the Jewish state. Dan, the cornerstone has been laid, the building of the museum, uh, the likely time for the inauguration of the museum, October 31st, 2017. That's the significant date because the exact date of the 100th anniversary of the conquest of the city. That's correct, and that's why we're all under 
under pressure, including the uh, the project team in Besheva, to make sure that that we stick to a very uh, tight timeline. And I met with the mayor uh, the, the day before the uh, the ceremony last last week, and and the rest of the project team, and we just went through to make sure that everybody is aware, as they are, of the the importance of that of that deadline and of uh, being ready to uh, to open the uh, the museum on that date. Dan, there are already something, as I understand it, uh, in the vicinity of six memorials throughout Israel that recognise the Anzacs and uh, the soldiers, uh, the diggers who fought there uh, in Israel. How significant is it going to be to have an actual museum, uh, not just a memorial? Well, uh, it's very significant and uh, I should also mention, because it's not, it may not be obvious to people who uh, have never been to Israel, and especially those who, if they have been, have only been recently. Um, when I first uh, went there as a as a gap year student uh, in 1981, when I would mention that I'm from Australia, uh, people who were old enough to, at the time, uh, who were still around from World War One, would have very fond memories and recall those memories of the of the Anzacs uh, in uh, uh, in World War One. And it, it, it was on a couple of levels, of course. Um, the, the the impact that the soldiers had, as I mentioned, in terms of the battles, was one thing. But the impact they had on a personal level, uh, they were remembered for their for their kindness, uh, you know, with children, with adults, and and very much uh, approached the local community in a way that uh, previous uh, forces in the region had had not. Uh, even though they were physically of great stature, they they were not uh, imposing from a from a, uh, a personality point of view, they were they were very friendly to the local population. They gave sweets to the children and and had a very left a very fond memory, uh, not only from uh, their impact on the region, but in terms of their interactions with the local population. So the fact that there are six, uh, in fact, there might even be more, but um, uh, there are a number of uh, memorials to the Anzacs around uh, around Israel. And in fact, uh, uh, my organisation, the Jewish National Fund, is, is responsible for uh, looking after many of those. Um, and uh, uh, again, as I say, uh, it, it's, a, it's a heritage that um, should be fondly uh, remembered for, for many reasons, but, but also because of the way that uh, uh, the soldiers uh, interacted with, with the people uh, in the area. And, of course, the affirmation of those close ties between Australia and Israel and something when you put a museum in place uh, educates new generations to follow that there have been these close ties, that Australia has had a role in the state of Israel. Well, I think that's very important. I think history uh, is very important in cementing the present and and uh, whilst we know that Australia has very warm and close relations with Israel, uh, this only reinforces that to know of the, of the history that uh, that led up to this. And uh, it's, it's it's knowledge by the fact that the Australian ambassador to Israel is a very strong supporter of this project, as is the uh, the mayor of of Beersheba. Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, the mayor is is enthusiastic, if not more enthusiastic than anybody about. Uh, teaching uh, the history of, of the uh, the Anzacs uh, in the region and uh, teaching it to to young Israelis. And, of course, for visiting Australians, it's also very important. As I said earlier, growing up in Australia, we, we, we learn about Gallipoli, but very little of us knew about the um, uh, the impact of, uh, of Beersheba. And uh, so I think it's important for 
the, the young people of, of both countries to learn about this and to uh, ensure that this, this strong uh, and warm relationship uh, continues into the future. So many great stories when we remember the Anzacs. The cornerstone for the Anzac Museum in Beersheva has been set this week. And, of course, 2017, October 31st, the expected day for the inauguration of the museum, and that will be on the 100th anniversary of the Anzac Mounted Division's historic charge and conquest of the city. Dan Springer is the CEO of the Jewish National Fund behind that museum. And, Dan, just great getting your insights today. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much. And I welcome anybody to join us. We expect a big contingent to come next year for the centenary. It'll be led by a high-level government delegation, and this project has the visibility of, uh, of the government. And um, I hope that people can, uh, can join us in, in uh, remembering uh, uh, our servicemen. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.